0: Welcome to Within Us. This is your place for transformational tools for mind, body, and spirit. My name is Azriela Jankovic and I am your host. Today's episode is a special episode that was recorded live via Facebook. You are going to notice that the audio quality is not what it normally is, and that is due to the fact that it was a live recording. So, I'm letting you know in advance. And if you're going to write a review for the show, please, please, please keep this in mind. So, if you want to write a review, if you want to hear a regular show, I would say go back to episode 31 episode 30, episode 28, you know, anything before this one, and you'll get a sense for the normal recording. But the content here is really where I want to focus your attention. Liba Lurie is helping moms keep their cool when life with kids gets crazy. She says, stay calm, parent better, and enjoy life with kids. I really enjoyed interviewing this guest. I think she has so much to offer. She has courses, she has a blog, she does coaching, and all of her links are in the show notes, and you can get in touch with her and learn more about what she does, but I really think that it's going to resonate with you, whether you're a parent or you are just looking to be more mindful and more connected emotionally in this particular time. But I want to share with you that when I met Leba, I really felt like our philosophies were aligned, and that's why I was so excited to have her here. She talks about relationships as the cornerstone for discipline, and interestingly enough, I was sharing with Liba that when I was studying for my doctorate in education, I studied relationships as the cornerstone for discipline in the classroom. So... Everything that Leva shares really resonated with me on that level and I feel like there are so many parallels in all of our relationships whether it's with our children with our parents our siblings our friends community our coworkers our teams our students this is everything relationships are everything so whether or not you're a parent I think you can get something out of this episode you're going to hear from Liba what to do in stressful times. We are going through really unprecedented times right now. And I think it's important that we heed Liba's advice. She says in this episode that perfection is a unicorn. I love that so much. I posted it. So she posted that on Instagram. She said perfection is a unicorn. And then what she said is (laughs) I was asking her about self-care. And this idea of being selfless, you know, I find that as a mother and a wife and a friend and a daughter, there is this, maybe it's a female thing, I, if you're male and you're listening to this, I'd love to hear from you, but I feel this ideal of a selfless caregiver has been set in front of me. And in a lot of ways, I think that ideal leads many of us to feel guilt for taking care of ourselves. But what I've come to recognize, especially recently, is that what does it mean to take care of ourselves? Like we are souls living in these earthly bodies. We have brains that need to be taken care of. We have emotional lives that need to be taken care of. We have these vessels that are complex. And, you know, it says in the Talmud, it says, if I am not for myself, who will be for me? And if I am only for myself, what am I? So I think that there's this dance, this fine balance, and that is something that Liba gets into. But what she said was so powerful. I posted this on Instagram. She said that being a selfless caregiver is an oxymoron. There is no self unless you take care of yourself. So in this time that we are all in, whatever you're going through, whether you're living with other people or you're on your own taking care of yourself, I think it's so important to be kind. And if you haven't been taking care of yourself, if it's been hard, I think we can let go of judgment and just return to whatever those practices are for you, being kind to yourself. And whatever that's going to mean right now, even if it means like letting certain things go, you know, I think as a mom, I felt a lot of pressure to be teaching my kids, you know, right away at like, Some I had to jump to the task, rise to the occasion of like homeschooling. And it hit me pretty quickly that I did not sign up to be a homeschool teacher. And if I can be a model to my kids of calm, and if I can deal calmly with them, or try to at least, and if they can learn to collaborate and communicate with one another, if we can all be more cohesive through this, I think that I will have taught them. A much more important lesson than anything I could teach them in a book or even through project-based learning so we're all doing our best here I want to acknowledge you for showing up I think it's easy to let certain things go and the fact that you're here the fact that you're listening shows that you want to grow and you want to stay inspired and just that just that intention alone is everything It is so powerful and remember to come back to that. You know, if you're at home and you're doing the dishes or you're cleaning up or you're exercising or you're sitting down with your kids, watching a movie with them, reading a book with them, whatever you're doing, laughing with them, telling jokes, whatever you're doing in this period of time, keep acknowledging your intentionality that you are doing the best you can to take care of yourself to take care of them, and that it's a dance, it's a balance, and you're coming from a place of kindness, of compassion, and courage. One thing that I brought up with Libra in this episode is this idea of reliving trauma, and she explains that we all have traumas in our lives. Nobody gets out unaffected, and essentially the defense mechanisms that we pick up in our childhood through our traumas can come out in times like these when we feel stressed. So for someone, it could be this feeling of not being enough. And so somebody could turn to like overachieving. That's definitely one of my defense mechanisms. Overachieving, kind of doing a lot, um, overdoing it in a certain way. So that's definitely something to look for. It could be looking for substitutes like To numb the pain, food, alcohol, even exercise, watching a lot of TV, um, the list goes on, the, the types of substitutes that we can look to. And I think if we can acknowledge that even without judging it and just say, wow, like this is how I'm feeling right now. This is what I'm going through and this is challenging for me. I think it can go a long way a long way and asking ourselves, what is it that I need right now? What is it that I need right now? What's helping me right now and what's not helping me? And it can be so powerful in this time to get in touch with what we need and what we want. And we're in this sort of restricted space where we're not running around and coming and going. We have less distractions, which can be challenging, but it can also be an opportunity to keep asking, what do I need? What do I need to be okay right now? Do I need to talk to people more? Do I need to talk to people less? Do I need more input, more learning, more reading, more singing, more dancing, more creativity in my life? Do I want to make things? Do I need to express myself more? Maybe it's more prayer. For me, one form of prayer is really talking to the universe, to the infinite one and sharing from my heart, speaking from the heart, and expressing my gratitude. So in Jewish prayer, there's a three-part prayer that starts with praise. We always say praise first, praising that which is. And then there's request, which is asking for what we need on a global level and also on a personal level. And there is no request that is too big or too small for the infinite. And then finally, the the thanks, the gratitude and the thanks come to kind of wrap everything up. And it can be done anytime in your own language. And if you have trouble getting started, you can just say, you know, universe, infinite one, God, whatever word you want to use, or you don't even have to use a word. You can just speak from your heart because God is all knowing. And you can just say, I was listening to this podcast and you know, the podcast host recommended speaking to you so here I am and I'm going to talk to you now and I'm going to tell you what's on my heart it can go a long way and you can imagine that the infinite one is this all loving grandparent this wise wise grandparent obviously this is a simplification and the universe is so much more than that but the idea is that we're speaking to someone that loves us no matter what They will give us another chance no matter what. And today I had this moment where I was like just talking to Hashem and I was saying, talking to the, the infinite one, to God, saying, I believe in you. And I just heard this echo like, I believe in you. And I kept hearing the echo. And there is an echo. There is a real echo. And what we put out into the universe surrounds us. It really envelops us. And let's continue, let's continue putting out compassion and putting out love and putting out gratitude. There's a really beautiful heart-centered meditation that we can do. I posted it on Instagram. I'm azriela underscore Jenkovic on Instagram. I'll put it in the show notes. But the heart-centered meditation is so powerful because our heart has its very own nervous system. And the heart communicates with the brain. To the brain more than the brain communicates to the heart so when we focus our attention on our heart we can close our eyes and we can picture the space in our heart and we can bring ourselves into a moment of gratitude a moment of compassion a memory where we felt cared for and loved and we can be there and we can breathe in that moment and simply by doing that we are raising The levels of energy and intuition and compassion that are reaching up to our brains and really opening us up to possibility and hope and creativity and vision for the future and right now especially it can be so easy to feel stuck and have tunnel vision but this is a very important practice so you can put your hand on your heart and you can sense your breathing can for the next few moments, just imagine yourself in a place of love and in a place of care. Really, just did a lot for yourself, for your heart, for your brain, for your energy. The heart produces energy that can be measured, measurable energy that surrounds us about three feet in all directions. And this is what people experience when they come near us, when they see us. And so, this simple practice of the heart coherence meditation that you just did, you gave yourself energy and you lifted yourself up. And by lifting yourself up, you're lifting up this world. You're lifting other people up. Thank you for being here. It is my honor and my pleasure and my joy to introduce you to Liba Lori. Here is a special live episode of Within Us it is such a pleasure to be here this evening with my guest liba lori and i've been following you Leva, for a long time now and i was really looking forward to this interview because i feel that your approach to parenting is always relevant but truly that it has a special level of relevance right now in the times that we're going through and I have to tell you that I've heard from so many listeners in the community in the past few weeks who are parents who are struggling particularly right now. And I'm sure because you're a psychologist and you're a parenting ex- expert in your community, I'm sure you're hearing about all sorts of things as well. So I'm really interested to hear from you and dig into the unique challenges of these times and on one hand, look at the challenges and what can we do about them? How can we get through them? And I'm also curious if there's any possibility that this could even be an opportunity for us as parents to to grow somehow. And I know it's not easy. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sugarcoat this too early on here because I know that a lot of people are really struggling having a hard time. And first of all, you know, I think most importantly, Addressing the health issues and that the people are sick and and you know I always say in my episodes like always you know always in the last three weeks of what's been going on that Really the work I'm doing and, and everything that I'm intending to do in my heart I'm praying for those who are suffering those who are sick and um, it's a really serious situation This episode is for everyone You know if this speaks to you if, if you want to kind of tune into your parenting. This is for you This is really mainly for those of you who are parents who are at home with kids of all ages. We have babies and toddlers, we have young children, teenagers, and even the older children who have moved out of the home and who are now back at home. I I heard from someone in the community whose kids lost, they all lost their jobs in the last few weeks and they had to fly across the country and come back home. So this is really affecting people in so many different ways. And I'm curious to hear from you, where, where, do, we, where do we start with this as parents, Leva?
1: Um, well, I think we can talk about the challenges and also consider the opportunity that we have to take advantage of here in spite of the challenges. I actually was doing this exercise video today that was interrupted a million times by my son. but. Um, the one was saying, Challenge, you know, challenging means change. I was like, oh, yeah, that's so tr- true. <laughs> that's
0: so true. At this point in the show, Liba's son actually came in the room where she was recording. We are all working from home right now. So I edited that little clip out. But you'll understand why she says what she says next.
1: So what are the challenges? (laughs) So what are the challenges? No challenges, Um, we're all totally fine here. Nothing's happening. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't phase me, but I, but it is, but you know, it doesn't phase me, but it used to, because I felt very inundated, uh, I would feel inundated and I would feel trapped and suffocated by my children. And I think the biggest challenge right now for parents, especially with younger children, is that um, there's a lot less space for them. There's a lot less emotional space for them. And uh, there's a lot of conflict around um, um, why what- Wanting to be there for your kids, wanting to be not just emotionally present, but uh, um, practically um, present for them. And uh, it's very challenging right now because we ourselves have our own stuff to deal with, not just the stuff that we had even before the global pandemic hit, but what is being amplified in light of the, you know, the threat in the outside world, the financial stress, the stress with in our relationships many people are co-parenting in very small spaces now and and also just being home with your children 24 7. and it's very challenging to balance out your children's needs with your needs and what your children want from you and what you want and setting the boundaries and creating space so that you can breathe and that you can feel like okay i can be here and that we don't have to run off and escape into distraction and whether that be physically distracted by you know our contraptions or getting busy in things or just in our in our thoughts that we get distracted by our thoughts we get taken away by our thoughts and and we're not really present with our kids that's very challenging because a lot of us have the expectation and the belief that we should be that we should be and that this is you know one of the very very common messages and i think wishes that people have we have this wish that um, or fantasy, if you will, that this is going to be a time where I'm going to be really productive and we're going to learn languages and we're really going to help, you know, like we're really going to, you know, learn a lot of stuff and we're going to be really creative. And in the end, we're, we're really struggling with that because we're feeling a lot. We, we don't really have the bandwidth for that. And so now we're coming up a lot of, against a lot of shame and guilt and a strong sense of failure. That's something. Yeah. You are
0: bringing up, I feel like you are (laughs) really touching upon the biggest issues here. And I think that this time that we're in that's really, you know, most of us, I think most people that are watching are probably now confined on some level to their homes in ways that they have not been ever. And the distractions are gone, right? So there's no summer camp. There's no there are no stores open, there, you know, we're not hopping off to restaurants, birthday parties. That's all gone, right? And you know, you bring up this idea of being physically enclosed, and also this feeling that you mentioned. And so I was curious if we could explore a little bit about the feeling that you're saying you used to feel like the kids were kind of encroaching on your space, not even so much physically, but also emotionally. So I'm curious if we can explore what that is, why we can feel that way, and also how can we work through that?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think everybody's different. There's one thing that I must acknowledge. The reality is we're all different. We all experience things differently. There are commonalities, and that I can speak to one thing i want to respond to is you're saying that the distractions are gone which is true and that that's that's what is so confronting is that it's right there in front of us our relationship with our kids is right there there's nowhere to run and nevertheless we will find distractions we will or what happens is that it's threatening that's threatening to us that relationships can oftentimes for many people depending on our experienced in relationships, our forward of experiences in relationships, can feel threatening. And when we are now confronted with our, the constant interactions, the constant presence, the constant involvement, I should say, in, a, in, in relationship with our children, without distraction, is it, we can have a stronger sense of threat. And, um, it's not the threat that you feel like someone's going to attack you like a knife wielding terrorist, but an emotional threat that there's not enough space for me emotionally. And this is very common. This is very common where, you know, my sense of being cared for was somewhat impaired and I'm cautious to, here's the thing, Azrella, when we talk about these things, when we talk about these things, what, a lot of people, what happens to a lot of people is that they push it away. They push that
0: away. Resist. They push their
1: experiences away. They resist. And that's what we call, in, in the world of therapy, it's called resistance. And they resist it. Why do they resist it? Because it's threatening. They have to push it away because they have to defend themselves against it. Because it's too much, which is understandable. This isn't, there's nothing wrong with you. It's what we do naturally and normally as human beings. That's what our defenses are there and they function for us. However, if we um, don't pay attention, then we do miss opportunities for connection with our children. And we miss opportunities to offer them something that very possibly we ourselves did not have in our relationships. And so this is indeed an opportunity for repair. But before we can think about doing for our kids, because that I believe is another distraction, just doing, we really need to pay attention to being being in this moment, being in the experience, being in the being in the feelings of feeling trapped, being in the feelings of being encroached upon, feeling like you're being suffocated, paying attention to the thoughts, I don't want to be here, get away from me. What we tend to do is we judge ourselves for having them. We tell ourselves that there's something wrong with me for feeling this way. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. But instead of you know judging ourselves i say let's suspend that for a moment let's see if i can suspend that and if i wasn't busy judging myself what would be coming up for me because whatever it is it needs attention and when we pay attention to that then we can uh, neurologically what happens is when we pay attention to it then we regulate we regulate our own our own reactive mind we tur- tune down the threat and without the sense of threat, now we can tune into our kids.
0: Okay. But again, I love this. I, before I want... jumping
1: to our kids, we have to pay attention to, to we our We have to pay attention stuff. to
0: how us. we be mindful of our own experiences. So I want to clarify something that you mentioned. And you brought up this feeling that in any relationship, people can feel threatened and that that's a normal experience. And I think that if someone were to just kind of like scroll by and hear us talking, I think that this idea can speak to anyone, but I don't know if it's something that everyone is aware of or feels comfortable with. Perhaps someone might believe, oh, if I feel threatened by my own family members, maybe there's something wrong with me. But what you seem to be saying is that that's a completely normal experience in any relationship. So I'm curious if you could explain for us a little bit about why someone might feel threatened in a perfectly healthy relationship and what that experience could feel like.
1: Right. A perfectly... I, I think it's important to qualify a perfectly healthy relationship because I, I, I veer away from perfect. Perfect is not... Is not the idea of perfect, perfectly healthy. I, perfectly I imperfect.
0: Think, perfectly right, imperfect. Right,
1: right. So, and, and I think that's where we might stumble as we say everything's fine what could be wrong because we're frightened by the concept that maybe it isn't and what's happening now as realize, is that we are faced with i'm not okay i'm not okay right now and that's really scary what's wrong with me i thought what's i was perfectly healthy i mm. thought i was perfectly healthy and and that's why i say wait a minute let's per- let's what what if what if the concept of perfect was just a unicorn and that's what i say you know, That's that's something that I I I, you know that's something I memed on Instagram. I saw that the other day. I
0: love that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Perfect as a unicorn, it doesn't exist. So let's stop fantasizing about it. The reason we fantasize about it, like anything, is because we're trying to work out something. We're trying to work out. You know, we're trying to work something out. It's why we dream. It's why we might drift off into daydreams because we're trying to play something out in our imaginations, which is a good thing. That's why our imaginations are a powerful tool. However, we need to be able to tell the difference between reality and fantasy. And in reality, there is no perfect, and that's okay. That's okay. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means that you're a real person and real people struggle in life and they struggle in relationships because you know what? Relationships are hard. They are hard. And for some of us, they're harder than others. They can be very difficult. And that's okay too. And when we come with acceptance for our experience, that I have an experience, and rather turn our attention to it with curiosity, not only do we connect with ourselves, but we're better equipped to connect with our children. Because now we are relating from a perception that of from a standpoint or an angle of curiosity you know you don't need to be perfect you're just you who are you and that's what it means to be a parent being a parent is just getting to know your kids so that they can utilize that relationship to know who they are and so to really do that is to is to take this chaos and use it as an opportunity for connection And that starts by tuning into your own experience.
0: Okay, well, I I definitely want to get into the idea of how we can tune into our own experience. And before we do that, I just want to say how amazing I think it is that we have psychology, like this type of psychology that's so real at the tip of our fingers. And I think in past generations, in our parents' generation, even, even, you know, those who are 10, 20 years older, did not have this type of understanding. And I think so often misbehavior, if you will, by way of children or feeling threatened in a relationship or feeling uncomfortable in a relationship or struggling was thought to be dysfunction. And I really think that that conceptualizing of our own humanity as dysfunction is what creates the dysfunction. That is what's dysfunctional, not mm-hmm. the normal messiness of life. And I feel like what you shared in terms of accepting the messiness and the the imperfection realizing that perfection is a unicorn we can step into our lives and be present and stop beating ourselves up i feel like for me that's been a powerful shift and you know it's like it's like it's definitely a constant practice but i'm curious if we can talk a little bit about you know, how does how does a parent make that shift? Let's say the kids are fighting, or especially right now, you know, I've been hearing from friends and people in the community that their kids and their spouses even just aren't acting themselves. And so they feel off-kilter, and they feel unloved or unworthy, and, you know, all these like really difficult emotions. So what would be a process through which we could shift from feeling that stress or that uncomfortable emotion and then sort of moving into this awareness in a way that's comfortable. It's not like too much.
1: Well, to answer your question, this is what I do for a living, (laughs) which means, which is to say, it's not easy. And I want to premise that not to discourage anybody, but to acknowledge the reality that if you think about, you know, I'm going to, I'll think about this later and maybe, maybe, maybe come up with a a fitting analogy, but the idea, it's a bit of a paradox, like you're trying to, you're trying to take something down, but by taking it down, you're building it up, which is to say that by paying attention to it, it raises my defenses, which keeps me from paying attention to it. So you're kind of stuck. And for some people can be very hard. Nevertheless, we keep trying. And the first thing we need to do is just acknowledge that it's there and we have, and it's important that, you know, I, I said in another interview, I don't like to tell people what to do, but this is something I feel confident telling people to do, is to pay attention, to acknowledge it's there. And this, in the, in the, in the words of Daniel Siegel, who says, name it to tame it, that when you name something, it's much easier to, to tame it, to control, to control it, to, to work with it. And so the first we say is, I'm having a hard time here. What we tend to do in, when we have a hard time in relationships is we blame the other person. And you alluded to that in, 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 in you know, psych, one of psychology's sort of qualities was that, well, the, the kid's the problem. Mm. The kid must be the problem. And what, and what was missing, and I think and John Bowlby recognized this as he was working with young in children, he, he, he would say, where are the parents? Where are the parents? Why is the parent not here? And what he acknowledged, what he was acknowledging is the dynamic between the parent and child is such an important part of the child's experience. And so I lost my train of thought.
0: A hundred percent. I you know, I think <laughs> I went off into bolding. Well, we need to I mean, there's, there's so much yeah, to talk no, about. We need to, and, we need to name and it. And I love how you bring up yeah. Daniel Siegel and mindfulness. And I feel like, you know, as much as we can talk about mindfulness and parenting, becoming aware of, our own emotions. So I discovered mindfulness not having to do with parenting. I discovered it in terms of education. And that's what I, I studied in terms of mindful discipline, mindful relationships. And I think it was why I was so excited and fascinated when I came across your work, because there's this commonality. And I think it's also in communication now and in business. And you know, we're really seeing everywhere that at, at the height of every field, people are discovering the importance of relationships. So whether someone's coming on right now, I see people are coming in, whether you're a parent or you're working on your friendships or your marriage or whatever relationship, the advice Leva is giving right now about becoming aware of your own reactions or, or responses or experiences even is so powerful. So let's suppose, for example, you know, I'm in my home and there's just a lot of stimulation, a lot of noise, a lot of people requesting things for, of me. And I'm just, you know, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm really just not used to that. I'm used to being at work or I'm used to being out and about. And here I am, you know, April 2nd, 2020, and I'm home and, you know, what then? It's like we, we start in the mind like I, I, my kids should be doing this or they shouldn't be acting like that or maybe I should be doing this. Like how do we shift out of this should mentality and, and and let go without like, you know, how do we kind of give in without giving up, if you will?
1: Right, right. So the first thing I would recommend is that you acknowledge that this is not going well. It's, this is not going well. This is not how I want it to be going. I don't like the way I'm feeling. I don't like what's happening around me. It's not good. This is not. This is not working for me. And this me. isn't with judgment. It's just an observation. This is, I'm not, it's not good. So the first thing is that we pause and we acknowledge that this is not, this is it. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to reflect on our experience of this, of this sort of this situation right now in this moment, in this moment, what is coming up for me. And I have, you know, I, I myself utilize this framework. I will literally, uh, on occasions, put my hand up to stop and say, "Stop! Everything has to stop," and then I will take that moment to go, "What is coming up for me now?" and I will, I will, will hold it while also holding curiosity for what's happening for my kids right now. Because wh- when does this? When do we really, really get? wound up as well as when our kids need us and we don't have enough energy for them. And you're right. This isn't just applied to parenting. This is any relationship when somebody needs me and I don't have the bandwidth and I don't want to, that their wants are in conflict with what I want. And so we pause and we reflect that there's something not right here and not with judgment, but just acknowledging it. Then we reflect on what's coming up for me. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What are the sensations that are coming over my body? And this is, this is really where we're activating you know, our prefrontal cortex, our reflective uh, functionings in our brain. And this is exercised through mindfulness, of course, um, where we're reflecting on our experience without judgment, just noticing and observing what's there. And then with that, we're better equipped to tune into our kids and pay attention to their experience. Okay, wait, wait, what do you want? Wait, what do you want? Okay, I'm paying attention. I'm listening. What is it? Now I can listen because I've regulated myself. Okay, so you want toast with jam? Okay, now I can make a conscious choice. And now I can feel more, I'm calmer and in control. Am I like, you know, cool as a cucumber? No, because this is a tense situation. Let's name it. Okay. This is, you know, oh, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm burnt out. There are things I want to be doing. I don't want to be looking after my kids. That's the reality. It doesn't mean it goes away. We're not Zen. We're not, you know, let's be realistic here, but I can, I can regulate my strong feelings and I can consciously respond to my kids in spite of feeling of, Overwhelmed by chaos, and then I can respond to them and choose what am I going? No, you cannot have that right now. Or yes, okay, let me stop what I'm doing and get that done for you. And I can consciously choose. And so it's pause, reflect, connect, respond. Those are the steps that you can take.
0: Can you say that one more time so that everyone can hear?
1: Pause. Yeah, I'll say it a million times over. <laughs> pause. Pause. Reflect. Reflect. Connect. Connect. Respond.
0: Respond. Okay, and and walk me walk us through that. Pausing so, is just taking is that just acknowledge, space. And I can acknowledge, like, okay, yeah, this is a challenging well. moment. Oh. And okay,
1: next. Yeah, And I'm gonna. Ref- I, I'm gonna take that opportunity now to reflect on what's coming up for me. What are the thoughts, feelings, sensations, images, memories, even depending how deep you want to go. Uh, this is what I do in my work with people. We'll go deep. I'll take so, you deep. So
0: this is interesting. So the <laughs> but reflecting in the piece could even be like, okay, I feel tightness in my chest or I feel, you know, my stomach or, mm-hmm. and, and rather than having mm-hmm. this like unconscious, you know, reflex to go like find some distraction. I know, I know. that, you know, it, this is the moment where we have the choice. It's either I'm going to find a substitution, I'm going to distract myself or yeah. I'm going to be in that pause, right? And 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 it's so fascinating that you bring up. It's not only what's happening. And I think this is this is this is a, a place to pause. Like it's not only what's happening to me physically. It could be that this moment is an association with something I've experienced. Like I actually heard, and you know, we can go into this a little further if we're open to it. That in stressful times, there's something about how we relive our traumas or our childhood and and when i came across that idea i was just i so blown away by it that that this challenging time that this stressful time could actually cause someone to regress Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's making a lot of sense in light of what you're saying that that stress Mm -hmm. can really bring up these associations Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah this is what daniel siegel writes about in his book parenting from the inside out and he talks about how our memories are implicit memories are triggered in our present-day relationships and he explains what memories are it's my it is my number one recommendation in parent for parent
0: parenting from the inside out
1: because i think that yeah it is it is such important it is so important to understand that while i'm today parenting my children that my experience being parented is very much present And that, indeed, that I have associate unconscious—that's the key word here—unconscious associations in my interactions with my children, to my primary, my experiences in my primary relationships. And this is where you'll get also into object relations and 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 you know earlier theories and psychoanalytic theories of of human behavior and psychology and the, the mind and uh, relationships. But it is it can run very deeply. And that's why I premise by saying, everybody is different. This isn't easy. Please do not think for a moment that this is a quick panacea that, oh, it's one, two, three, four for two reasons. One, because that's not the reality. And for two, because lest you come to think there's something wrong with you, if you don't find it easy. And that would be the antithesis of what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to feed your judgment. We're trying Trying to make space for you to suspend judgment and reflect on yourself and reflect on your experience so that you can be not just at ease, but that you can be more present for your kids. I'm sorry, my phone. Right.
0: I think, you know, I so think, right. I think right now what Leap is bringing up in terms of being understanding with ourselves and being compassionate with ourselves and that, you know, even though you're taking a huge step, we're here, we're, you know, we're looking into the psychology of what's going on right now. I I know that people are really tuning into so much and really, most people I hear from, like everyone is just doing their best in different ways. And that can look like so many different things. So I'm curious if there are ways, because I feel like, let's suppose, you know, we're learning new methodologies or we're working with a psychologist or a coach or whatever we're doing to, you know, work on ourselves, work on our relationships. And yet, like, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. What can we do to affirm ourselves so that we stick with it, so that we bring out the best in ourselves, you know, and especially in a time like this. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, my
1: immediate thinking is that I would encourage everybody to remember that you're not alone. I think what happens is that we, in our, in our stress, What drives our stress is our innate biological drive to survive. And we're trying to survive. We're trying to survive so we don't die. Now, death is, yes, physical death, but death can also be anticipated as a psychic death that I might disappear, that I may cease to exist, that I don't actually matter, that I have no purpose in this world. This is where stress takes us. That's how stress shapes our reality. And so and, leave and, 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 mm-hmm.
0: and just to pause there, and that's something that humans experience. This is like this universal experience of stress that even yes. if it's on a subconscious level, this is fascinating. Yes. This yeah. is what we're up against, my friends. Yes,
1: yes. This is being human. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. And exactly, this is real. <laughs> this is normal. This is expected. And you're not alone.
0: You are not alone. You're
1: not you're experiencing not alone. this alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that moment of stress with the kids, feeling like I'm not a good enough parent, you know, I, this is what everyone goes through. Yes. Isn't yes. that comforting? I mean, for everyone listening, isn't that just so comforting?
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And I think the word is also validating, that it's valid, rea- so that it's valid. That it's valid. It, is, it, is okay. it is okay, and it's real, and it's okay. That it's not proof that there's something wrong with you. That the fact that you're struggling right now, it's normal, and you're not alone, and and it's okay, and you do the you know and you do the best that you can. Now, what happens is that as soon as you validate yourself, you see yourself, you no longer feel alone, and that lowers your stress levels. And you're like,
0: oh, I love that so much oh, because it's literally maybe, you know, it's okay. It's literally, you know, when you say you talking to yourself. It's literally like the the multiplicities within us, like the body, the soul, you know, tapping into this deeper, wiser part of ourself that's like calming down that stress response, validating ourselves, and that's going, that's gonna be it. That's what's gonna, it's gonna yeah. help us. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. So, so you know, one thing that you talk about, I started to, I started listening to your course the other day. I was so excited to start your course. And what I really appreciated about it so much, I mean, so many things that you focus on relationships, but this idea that you're bringing up now, this relationship that one has with oneself, and that in the moment that I might be feeling stressed with my kids, you might be, you know, for all of our listeners, the moment that's challenging you the most, Liban says, could be a moment where you need something. And you need to be taken care. Of. So, I love that idea, and and I think it's just this reminder that, like, you know, as parents, we can we can really become these caregivers, and and that become these selfless caregivers. Like, being selfless is good, is is, is a good thing. But, but what happens when when you know I'm a soul inside of a body? What happens when my body is depleted? I can't care for my children. So. I'm curious if you could kind of walk us through this process of like how does the parent go from being this selfless sort of caregiver to acknowledging i mean i'm sure you, you see this all the time with your clients what does that picture look like in terms of like making that shift and how does someone even know if they're neglecting their own needs
1: mm-hmm. Azuela, a selfless caregiver is an oxymoron. You cannot give care if you are selfless.
0: Mm, A selfless caregiver. There's no self. There's no way to give care. I'm going to make that your meme for this episode. I think I'm going to do the same. (laughs) A selfless caregiver is is An an oxymoron. No, we have to take care of ourselves. Everyone things. listening, we have to take care of ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and taking care of ourselves, what we tend to think of is practically, physically, to take care of ourselves. So we think exercise and we think food, and that's true. It's important. That I—that's what I call needs. That's what I would refer to as needs. What I also encourage um, people, especially women, to pay attention to is their wants. What do you want?
0: What we can want things? We moms are allowed to want. Them. <laughs> We're allowed to want. Really? <laughs> yes. Right.
1: Right. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> and that's and that's the and that's the difference between being selfless. I don't have wants. I'm a nobody. Mm-hmm. I don't need it. I don't want anything. I'm a nobody. I'm just here to serve you. To oh wait no. Oh, I do exist. I do have wants, just like you. I am a person. I do matter. And look now i exist and look now you have a caregiver now oh you have a caregiver oh um, now you have course, a caregiver you adults. have
0: yourself you have yeah. yourself as a caregiver but i, w- yeah, I want to share the
1: parent you you, you the, the child have a caregiver because now i exist hmm,
0: that's that's the so way
1: if your mom's not you know if your mom or dad doesn't value themselves recognize themselves value themselves and nurture themselves emotionally, that is to satisfy their needs and their wants so that they feel satisfied in life and fulfilled, then you don't have a care, you don't have, there isn't anybody there taking care of you.
0: So taking care, care is of me is, care of is me. taking care yeah. of we. I One of the comments from Marianne, she just wrote, well, we is me, you know, and me is we. So she said she's she's out in the getting some sun and doing her self care. She's listening to us. And I really want to acknowledge everyone who's listening. Right now, because creating this time, whatever you're doing, creating time for yourself, getting some fresh air, getting some sun. And then what Annie said, also, she said, She said, Leva, about your comment that we can validate ourselves. She said, This is a really mind blowing idea because in reality, we can lean in to see ourselves and validate ourselves. So I think that even when we're doing yeah, that, you know, any act of self care, just stop and acknowledge and tune in, while I am giving this to myself right now, whatever it is, whatever it is, and that it's okay. And
1: whether you're, yeah, yeah. And the, and the, and, and, and I'll, I'll... oops, sorry, there, I lost you guys. My video just went off. I'll blow your mind a little more since you can still hear me while I tinker with my video. Sure, take your
0: time. Um,
1: What'll blow your mind I hope um, is that whether we are whether we are in relationship with our children or our partner or our parents or our other family members what have you we're in an intimate relationship one of closeness and connection not necessarily sexually intimate but just intimate meaning close of so vulnerability sharing what we are doing here what we're discussing here in terms of our quote-unquote self-care is essentially we're parenting ourselves and you and you you know you you stepped over that as well we're parenting ourselves and for many parenting us, ourselves at any, have age. Have at any to... age right right but what's important what what I, what I want to acknowledge is that for many of us myself included we actually have to re-parent our, yeah. ourselves okay if we were not yes. given the care and the validation that was required in our in our own development then it makes it much harder for us, as I mentioned earlier, much harder for us to feel safe in connections with others. No matter how much you love the person and want to be close, it can be very hard unconsciously to feel safe in those relationships, including your children. And that's why you can feel threatened, i.e. unsafe in those relationships and hence overwhelmed, trapped, and it doesn't make sense in your head because you're thinking, but I love them and I really want to be there. be patient. I really want to be present. I know what they need. Why can't I do it? Your automatic is saying, be careful. This is dangerous. But close relationships are not safe. So now we have an opportunity to say, oh, this is what's happening. It's okay. real. That's Reba. true. I don't I, feel safe. I, this is mm. so
0: powerful. I want to pause for a second because... This concept of reparenting is something that I came across within the last year or so. And I found it to be fascinating. And I want to see if you can explain a little bit to the audience in terms of, you know, I see we're getting some hearts down there. Thank you all for the love. And because this is so powerful, everyone, anyone, right? No matter how wonderful and loving our parents were, right? No matter how wonderful and loving we are to our kids, our kids can also take the opportunity to reparent themselves, right? This is something... As I've come to understand it, that we can all do. Is that correct?
1: That our kids can?
0: That 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 essentially, even in a quote unquote, like healthy relationship, that mm-hmm. we can still take the opportunity, even if I had a healthy relationship with my parents, or even if my kids have a quote unquote healthy relationship with me, that there's still room to reparent. And 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 what that can and what does that look like really? What does it mean to be parent? Like how do we start that process? I think what I'm trying to do is sort of like erase the stigma for anyone who's listening that doesn't want to have like parent issues, right? So nobody wants to have parent issues. Nobody wants to look back at their childhood as like dysfunctional. But we can all do this. Does that help me out here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I,
1: yeah, let me yes, I yes, and I'll 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 take it, I'll take your lead and run with it. And oops, I did it again. You, you, the message that you want to really emphasize here is that don't be so hard on yourself. It's okay. There's room for repair. And the fifth step, which I didn't mention, pause, reflect, connect, respond and repair. It's a five-step repair. framework. Surprise. <laughs> it's a five-step framework. And repair, repair. Is, the su- is the, is this and is the repair That is in our relationship with our children. Well, repair is actually in your day-to-day interactions with your kids. Cause we're going to mess up. I'm, of course I'm going to mess up and I'll even mess up and I won't even know it, but here's the, here's the important bit. The important bit is when is to recognize, first of all, the possibility that I can mess up, be open to it that it's and it's okay when we when we're okay with it. We're not judging ourselves. We're open to it, whether it's positive emotions or less positive emotions. Emotions, I think, all emotions are positive, but harder to handle. Yeah, um, harder to hold emotions like sadness and fear. Those are more difficult. They can be misinterpreted as threatening. So to make space for them with acceptance. But when we're we're repairing with our kids, we want to we want to recognize first and foremost that. You know, when you say healthy relationship, it's as if it's as if. And I know this isn't what you're suggesting, but I want to be clear, just to clarify cognitively, it's not black and white. It's not you're a good parent or you're a bad parent relationships are dynamic. They are moving. They are up and down. They're back and forth. There's closeness. Mm-hmm. There's distance. There's, and we need to be open to that. We need to recognize that we are people and we have ups and downs and we have different parts of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we have different moods, we have different hours of the day and we need to be open to all experiences. And this is why it's so important that we, we pay attention and we get to know ourselves with it, you know, and be open to our experience. Having said that, you know, So there's no black and white it's sort of there's a gray there's a movement and sometimes we will mess up and that's okay the point isn't to get it right all the time because remember it's a unicorn that's not possible the point the 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 point so to speak is to recognize the opportunities for repair because that ultimately is what breeds resilience in your kids that yeah bad things happen or you can feel hurt but then you can be okay again it's when we're hurt and we never feel good again that creates the trauma you were referring to that you know you were talking about the reparenting or you're talking about earlier about the associations we have in our interactions with our kids what's happening is that those were never repaired and so we and like trauma if you never make sense of it then it continues to play itself out in the present day That's what happens with big T traumas like assault and war and accidents, et cetera, and what are called small T traumas, which are the traumas that happen in relationships. But if they happen over and over and over again and you never make sense of it, then it continues to confuse you. And create and and, and um, perpetuate a sense of stress and threat in those interactions. Okay, so so so, so, so repair traumas. is pos- is important. Repair is
0: important, <laughs> and 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 then we're you know someone said constantly evolving. Mary said constantly evolving in the comments, and I think that is very much in line with what you're you're speaking about. That this this is not a quest for perfection, and if we can let go of perfection it sounds like what you're saying is we can really tune into being present, being mindful, and focusing on this fifth step of your process, which is repair. So I'm curious if you could talk for a moment about trauma, because I I know that in the the field of mindfulness, trauma is, is such a buzzword. I feel like I see it all the time. And you're talking about this difference between big T and little t, and that the way that I've come to understand trauma, and perhaps you can elaborate on this, is that everyone experiences it on some level, whether it's like an embarrassment, you know, in the in the classroom as a child, getting in trouble, being shamed by the teacher or something on the playground, or, you know, if someone blushes, chances are, you know, on some level like they could experience this small T trauma. So if that's coming up for people, right, especially right now, like it just seems like this is this rich foreground. We're all in the same house. You know, I know some of the members of our community are dealing with like, even difficult relationships with their spouses and, and you know, hard stuff. Kids that are, you know, are, especially teenagers, like, in the rebellious phase. I think that could bring up a lot of trauma for, for us as parents. I mean, is there any first aid for this?
1: Trauma is... Uh... A spectrum. First, we know we've identified big T and small T traumas. Big T traumas, like I mentioned, are the are the traumas, um, that may lead to post traumatic stress, which is, which is in and of itself, something that requires treatment, and needs attention. Treatment's another mm-hmm. way of saying needs attention. That aside, because I, that that is a field in and of itself, which is a different discussion, in my opinion. When we're talking more about the small T traumas, first, what you alluded to was that you know which reminded me of the feeling of like oh my god like like it's endless like it can feel endless you know you can feel very wounded by life you know and there's so many and especially now i i go go back to the importance of just paying attention to it just paying attention to it and at first it's uncomfortable like mindfulness practice you know the first time you did it you know, you had this monkey mind that was jumping around and it's really hard to pay attention. But the more you practice it and the more attention, the more, you, the more you try, the better you get at it. And you just, you pay attention to it and you try to name it. Some things you can do is you can share with other people you can talk about it. You can journal. Really what you're giving yourself. I love that you're idea. By the way, unoper-
0: Leva, I love that idea that you mentioned mm-hmm. journaling. Um, and I'm curious like what types like in terms of parenting what specifically like how if I were to start a journaling practice focused on my parenting what where can I start with that so
1: I think what we've been talking about today is that a journaling practice is not fo- focusing on your parenting but focusing on yourself and that is essentially oh. the, the, the point of the journaling practice okay. so it's, a, it's an opportunity to just be paying attention to yourself in one exercise that I encourage women to do and, and I'll practice on occasion. And I, sh- I should say this because I think it's important. I don't do this religiously. I, f- I struggle to do it to, to, you know, but when I, but when I do it, I, you know, as I, as I engage in it, I'm like, oh, this feels so much better. And and then I do it more or like exercise, <laughs> like it, you know, it it's good begets good. In any case, what I recommend, is that you set a timer a short amount of time so it seems it's it's doable and it could be three minutes it can be five minutes i'd cap it at seven if you want to go longer go for it you know get on the train and ride it but so that you say you know what i'm just going to do it for this much time and because remember there's resistance and then what you do is you open you you journal with pen and paper or pencil and paper not a phone because of the because the association of the writing and the body and the mind and 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 what happens um what can happen there (coughs) essentially you shut off your brain and you tune into your mind by doing this and you write and whatever comes up you just write and you get on that train and you just ride it and whatever comes up just comes up and you give yourself permission to just see what comes up without judgment without criticism without ridicule you just give yourself and when you think oh, i'm going to stop i don't want to do this you notice that and you come back to it because the seven minutes isn't up yet and you're committing to seven minutes. You're saying, I'm because that's the, that's the commitment and you just do it and you notice and you push through the resistance, which is also very important saying, I can do this even though it's uncomfortable because that's what gets in our way is the discomfort of it. That's where the thoughts start coming in. So, you know, we bring ourselves, we, so we pay attention to discomfort as a therapist when, so when there's resistance in the therapy, we don't, we go into the resistance. We don't move away from it. We don't say, oh, you don't want to talk about it. Okay. We won't talk about it. We say, what's that about for you? What's coming up for you now as we talk about it? We talk about the resistance. We don't talk about the subjects anymore. That's off the table now. We talk about the resistance. Even the resistance is important. Even the fact well, that I don't want so to do it is important.
0: This is so interesting about resistance. The fact that what you're saying is that it, it, essentially by acknowledging the resistance, it's almost like if I feel resistance to something, okay, it must mean that I'm working through something. Like, if I feel resistance to sitting down and writing in my journal, if I feel resistance to starting a mindfulness practice, wait, okay, that's what's supposed to happen here. It's like that's part of the process. I think that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. So even, even that that you're sharing, just that idea is so helpful. Mm-hmm. And then shifting into writing down in the journal. Mm-hmm. So what it would be like I would write about – My experiences, what I'm feeling, just like a free write, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. there's no wrong answers.
1: There's there's no intention. There's no intention. It's attention, not intention. Because you're not thinking about what you're you're not you're in the moment. You're not in the next moment. You're in this moment. What is happening right now for Mm. me? And that's the practice. It doesn't matter what comes out as much as I'm practicing allowing it to be.
0: Mm, It doesn't matter what it is. Me too. <laughs> now I feel so inspired to, to write. Me too. Who else? So, so much more fun than writing a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, wow. I love that. So that definitely sounds like some first aid and also a practice that can just be incorporated on an ongoing basis. I know that this is what you do all the time. So I want to give you a few minutes here. You could share with our listeners about your practice. I know you have courses and all kinds of resources for the parents. And, and I, and yeah, I'd love to hear about it. Where can, where can everyone find you and what you're doing?
1: Well, the best place to find me, well, oh, you can find me everywhere, right? That's how it is these days. You just put my name in and I'll pop up um, where I'd like to redirect you. Dear listener, if you're, if you're um, curious, interested, I'm going to put um, it in the comments. Google me. <laughs> Google me, but, but where I'm most active right now is in a Facebook group that I run called uh, motherhood in the making. And that's where it's a community of women where I, where we're just there on honestly and authentically sharing our experiences. As uh, you mentioned, I have a course titled how to set boundaries that work. And that helps you to keep your cool and respond consciously to your kids. And it goes through my three-step framework to set boundaries that work where you identify what you your wants and needs, your child's wants and needs, you reflect on what your values are, and then you can consciously set a clear and consistent boundary with your kids. And I'm offering a free preview of the course. So you can go to my website, libaluri.com slash preview, and sign up to get access to the the course. So you'll just put in your name, I think actually you'll just put in your email and you'll just get right right into the course. You don't even have to go to your inbox. You can go to your inbox. You'll get the workbook there. I send you out also the workbook for the course. So you can take a look at that and, and watch the, the prerequisite course uh, lessons of the, of, of the course. Which I'm, I love I'm it. Really, I'm really excited. I'm yeah,
0: I love excited. it. I love, I love how you did it. I, I love how you set it up. I just, awesome. <laughs> I just opened it and I am, I'm excited to finish it. I just kind of started yesterday and I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. And, uh, and this is just yeah. been great. So, Leva, stick around for a minute. I want to uh, say goodbye to you after we go off. And I want to share one comment from my good friend Marion, who's in LA. She's she's so funny. She says, "You make a very important point of the practice of writing pen to paper, not notes in our phone." Guilty of that. Okay, Mayor, we all write in our phone. And Leva's inspiring all of us to write on paper. But I want to share it with with anyone who's who's here, who's listening, listening to the recorded version, and also with you, Leva, that. Years ago, I went through a very difficult time. Emotionally, I went through a period of depression really, really bad. I've talked about it on the show before. And I love to talk about it because I know so many people struggle. And I know that it's so hard. And I had one, this defining moment where a friend of mine uh, is driving me out to coffee. I was barely even leaving the house. And she sat me down and she said something along the lines of, like, you didn't do anything wrong. She basically took away the blame, right? Took away the guilt. And I opened my eyes and and saw the blue sky for the first time in like months. And I returned home and I started this journaling practice. Now it was in my phone when I started, but I started writing down all of the acts that I was really intentionally doing just to to be kind, be compassionate, take care of myself, take care of my family, be good in the world, good in the world. And it it honestly changed my life. So I actually just created a journal. I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't shared it yet. But just this concept, you know, I, that you're bringing up of journaling, and, and then what Marion wrote, I just want to say, like, none of us are guilty of anything. You know, I mean, listen, we make mistakes, and we can apologize, obviously, and we, we prepare where we can, but when it comes to us doing our best, and trying to be the best parents we can, and so I think, Libra, you really brought up such a powerful point here, that this perfection is a uniform, is, is a total uniform, and by acknowledging our humanity and our shared humanity and our shared struggles in our relationships, that that's a part of it. That is a real part of it. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing that message with, with our community. It is so important. And I think it can take us, take us everywhere that we want to go. So everyone who's listening, definitely reach out to Eva. I put her, for those of you who are listening on Facebook live, I put her uh, contacts in the comments and then if you're listening to a recorded version, do check out the show notes. And also I'll tell you her website is Libalori. That's L I B A L U R I E dot com. And the Facebook group is, let's see, it's one comment ago, Motherhood in the making. Motherhood in the Making, right? Motherhood the, the Motherhood
1: making. in the Making community.
0: The motherhood in the making community. Yes. Okay. Incredible. It is my hope that this episode has served you. I would love to hear from you. Love to hear your thoughts, your experiences, and always looking to improve this show, to create content that is going to help you and give you the transformational tools that you need right now for what you're going through. So please connect with me. My website is drazi.co, that's D-R-A-Z-I C-O. You can drop me a line there, or you can find me on Facebook, Within S Podcast with Azriela Jankovic. I'm also on Instagram. It's my name, Azriela underscore Jankovic. All of this is in the show notes. DM me, message me, be in touch with me, and stay connected. I really hope this served you. Next episode we have coming up, I'm going to be doing a solo about speaking from the heart and connecting to your story, connecting to your truth, and really aligning mind, body, and spirit. I'll be talking about my story, parts of my story that most of you haven't heard yet. I didn't get here by accident. I didn't start looking for transformational tools for fun. I sought them out because I deeply needed them, and it's been quite a journey, my friends. So I've got a lot of transformational tools that I picked up on the way, and I'm looking forward to sharing those with you in the next episode. So stay tuned. Lots in the queue. I've got, wow, several now that are just waiting to come out. So definitely subscribe if you haven't done it yet, and Thank you for being here. Thank you for everything. I want to thank my listeners, especially Donna. If you're listening, thank you so much for your recent review on iTunes. Here is what Donna wrote. I originally found Dr. Ozzie when she interviewed Noah and on Insight Timer. Since that day, I've listened to all of Dr. Ozzie's podcasts. She's so genuinely kind. The topics are very relevant to what is going on in this worldwide crisis. I've learned a great deal from her and her guests. Her calmness and the loving way she speaks soothes my weary soul. I've recommended her to all my friends. Do yourself a favor and just listen and you'll be a fan also. Donna, I'm a fan of you. Thank you so much for your support and for your review. It means a lot to me. The show has been featured on... Insight Timer and I'm so grateful that it's been a multiple time staff pick exposing us to so many new friends that are becoming part of this community. I'm really hoping that Apple will feature this show as well. By your writing a review, it helps more listeners find this show and optimize the show in their search results. Dolly Nicole D wrote, Insightful, absolutely love her voice has many great lessons to hear and a delivery that really clicks to listen to the message thank you so much for your support it means the world to me and wherever you are in the world right now wherever I'm finding you remember be kind to yourself today I was hiking and it it occurred to me that when we travel to new altitudes whether we're going up or we're going down deep into the ocean we experience an acclimation period and it requires significant physical energy. Well, this type of change also requires energy, physical, mental, emotional, and even spiritual. So be as kind and forgiving of yourself as you can and just keep coming back to your deepest intention, who you wanna be, what you wanna do. Keep returning again and again. I will see you next time for a very special episode where we talk about speaking from the heart and you'll hear a very personal story from me because next episode it's just you and me looking forward to seeing you there